today. How about that? Uh, we've got the ushers. If you're, they're going to pass you out a handout. If you didn't get one, I want you to have one. Are you ready to change? Are you ready to change? When's the last time you came into church and you said, I want to be changed, I want to be transformed, I, I want something to happen different in my life? You know, and as we come together this morning, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about understanding the kingdom, kingdom principles, how to operate in the kingdom of God. And I, and I know, I'm, I'm telling you, there's some things that are just getting inside of me, and, and things are beginning to change in me personally, and my prayer is for you to change also. How many of you realize that we are supposed to be a disciple, and disciple literally means a student. So I want you to get out your notepad and make some notes, get a pen, and, and I gave you a handout because I want you to fill in some things because I just don't want to talk about something. I just don't want to be a, a talking head up here, and then you go home, and then when difficulty happens in your life, you say, well, what do I do? I want you to be able to pull out some things and be able to look at it, look at scriptures, be able to understand some principles because we're learning how to live in this kingdom. I want to be able to operate in the kingdom of God fully. Amen? So as we begin to look at some things today, I want to talk about a little contrast in kingdoms. There's a contrast in kingdoms. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. And I want to look at verse, let's look at uh, verse 14. Because a lot of times we're told, and in Matthew 24, you can look at it and, it and it talks about the signs of Christ's return. And it says, you know, there's going to be feasts and there's going to be famines and then there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And how many of you know we're hearing that, aren't we? Yeah, but the Bible says the end is not yet. So when those things are happening, it doesn't say, guess what, it's fixing to happen. It actually says, the end is not yet. And they were asking Jesus, when, when is the end of the age going to begin to come? And here's what he says in Matthew 24, verse 14. Everybody there say, I'm there. Matthew 24, 14. I want to make sure that you get there. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations... And then Jesus says, and then the end will come. So how many of you realize that we've talked about Christ, we've talked about faith, we've talked about healing, we've talked about prosperity, we've talked about protection, we've talked about provision, we've talked about five steps to this and five steps to that and ten steps to a godly marriage, and we've talked about all these different things, but that is not, the end's not going to come when we talk about all those things. Jesus said that the gospel of what? What's it say? Anybody got the King James Version? Does it say the kingdom in there? Yes. How about the New American Standard? What does it say kingdom? Yes. New, uh, new uh, NIV. Anybody? It says kingdom in there? Amplified, Amplified says kingdom. kingdom. Every version that we've got on the face of the earth in this scripture says what? Kingdom. kingdom. So I would say they're all in agreement, right? that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. We've gone and we've preached about Christ, we've preached about healing, we've preached about all these things, and those are good. Not discounting that, that's all part of the kingdom, but Jesus himself said the gospel of the kingdom is to be preached in all the nations, and then the end will come. All right. Now turn with me over to Matthew chapter 4, and let's look at verse 17. Because we're going to begin to see when Jesus came on the scene what he preached about, what he talked about. What he preached was the kingdom of God. And we're going to begin to look at this. So this is Jesus' first public 
statement. This is his first public statement in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. I guess I better get there, right? Verse 12, my, my heading says, Jesus begins his ministry. And it said, now Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody. He withdrew into Galilee, leaving Nazareth. And he came and he settled. He lived in Capernaum, by, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And it was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And he goes into the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. How many of you know that great light is Jesus? That's right. Say it's Jesus. And those who were sitting in the land in the shadow of the death, upon them a light dawned. I'm telling you, something was beginning to shift. Something was beginning to change. And verse 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Somebody say repent. repent. Now, how many times have we said repent, repent? You got to repent. You better repent, man. You better repent. You just better get and repent before the Lord. You better repent. It's time to repent. Do you know what repent really means? We've talked about turning away from, turning in another direction. When you begin to look at it biblically, it really means a changing of your mind. Write that down. A changing of your mind. So I've got to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've got to repent. In other words, I've got to change my mind and go into a different direction. How many of you say that I can repent? And some of us say, well, repenting is just doing a 180 and turning and going in the other direction. How many of you know I can turn and go in the other direction, and if I haven't changed my mind, nothing's going to change? Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter if you're having difficulty in Woodward, Oklahoma, and things are really tough, I think I'll move to another city. Guess what? If you don't change your mind, you're going to move to that other city, and the things in that city are going to be just as difficult as Woodward, Oklahoma. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm preaching the truth. Now turn and tell your neighbors that it's the truth. Come on, tell them it's the truth. We've got to change our mind. We've got to change our mind. That's why Romans 12, 2 is so important, because he said, don't be conformed, what? To the things of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. We have got to repent. Tell your neighbor and say, repent. Turn to your other neighbor and say, repent. It's amazing how, you know, when, when we, we use that word repent, and a lot of us use it in a way of condemning. I'm here to tell you, condemnation is not of God. Condemnation will give you no hope out. Condemnation says there's no way to get out of this. It's a mess. I don't know if I can ever change. I don't know if I can ever do the same. I keep doing the same thing over and over. But when the Spirit of the living God convicts, then guess what? You'll change your mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to change your mind. Wednesday night, I just want to encourage you. Wednesday night, it was a tremendous teaching on core beliefs by Pastor Virginia. And, and we're going to begin to start now tagging on that. I, I thought, man, we're not done with that. We've got to really begin to look at that. We, we believe certain things because we've been taught certain things, certain ways. And one of the ways that we've been taught to repent is like, you've got to get down on your hands and knees and repent. But we need to change our mind. If, I'm, if, I, if I believe that it's okay for me to, to, to have drugs in my life and to take drugs to get a high or to get whatever I want to get from those drugs, then how many of you know i got to change my mind 
to the Word of God. And not put those unwholesome things in my body. Come on, somebody. Drugs can change and alter my state of being. I believe he said he gave me a sound mind. He didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I want to be able to continue to have a sound mind. I want to be able to continue to have that. So we look and we see Jesus, his first, his, his, his first thing that he's coming forward, the first statement that he makes was, Hey, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist was doing the same thing, wasn't he? He was saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, change your mind. Repent means to change your mind, change your way of thinking. Repent means to completely reverse it. We've got to continue to, to think differently. If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, then we've got to really think opposite of the way we've been taught in a lot of areas. In some areas, you may have it together, you may have it right. You know, I know sometimes we begin to start thinking that, you know what, I, I'm having trouble getting it figured out because I've been taught this way and maybe we've just got to flip some things. Maybe we've got to reverse some things. Maybe we've got to change our mind and our core belief system to line up with God's core belief system. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, it's the Word. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the Word. Because the Bible tells us to repent. It means to change our mind, change our way of thinking. If I change my mind, if I change my way of thinking, how many of you know I'll change what I'm doing? I'll change what I'm doing. If I, come out, if I come out of my house in the morning and I've got a front step and I trip and fall on that front step and the next morning I come out and I trip and fall on that front step and the next morning I come out I trip and fall on the front step, I'm going to do two things. Neither, number, one, number one, I'm either going to know that that front step is there and I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to change my mind, or the other thing is I'm going to go out the back door. But I'm going to have to change my way of thinking in order for me to change my habits, in order for me to change the things that's going on in my life. Let me give you a scripture, Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a man thinks within himself, so is he. The King James Version says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we've got to change the way we think. We've got to alter the way we think. And that means to repent. And Jesus said, you need to begin to start changing the way you think. The kingdom of God is a contrasting kingdom to the one you were born in. The kingdom of God is a contrasting kingdom to the one you were born in or the one that you operate in probably now. We have to think differently for the kingdom of God. Let me give you some thoughts here that I've, I've put on this paper for you. Thoughts for the kingdom of God. Number one. God's original plan was to extend His heavenly kingdom on earth through mankind. Say mankind. That's what goes in there. God's original intent, Genesis 1.26, said that, said that He's... Well, we'll get to that. But anyways, He wants to extend His heavenly kingdom through, on the earth through mankind. Not just male as mankind, but male and female. Right? Justin read it this morning. Genesis 1.27, he created them, male and female. In his image and his likeness were created in the image of God, and that was God's intent. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Number two, God, another thought about the kingdom of God is that was God wanted to establish a family of sons and not servants. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a son. 
And I know some of us are thinking, what? I'm supposed to be a servant, but I want you to get a hold of this. In fact, why don't you just write this scripture down? Romans 8, 14. It says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. Now, sons do serve. So I want you to just dispel that notion, all right? We're a son and we do serve. Here's another scripture, Galatians 3.26. Galatians 3.26 says, for, all, for you are all sons of God and faith in Christ Jesus. We're a son of God. So what we're going to have to do in this kingdom living, in this kingdom life, and if we're going to have to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand, I got to get this mentality that I am more than just a slave. I am more than just a servant. Come on. But I'm a son. Oh, come on, somebody. I think it's in Luke chapter 15. It talks about the prodigal son. The prodigal son came and he said, Hey, I can go back to my dad's house. I can be a servant to him. And the father looked down the road and he saw him. And he didn't say, Oh, yeah, that's my boy. And I think he'll serve me the rest of his life. In fact, he looked and he said, Hey, that's my son who once was dead is now alive. Get the ring. Get the coat. He is here. He's returned. He's my son. We've got to shift our changing. We've got to repent to the fact that says I'm nothing but a lowly, stinking worm. Anybody ever had that taught to them? You're a worm. You're just a dirty, dirty, rotten worm. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. You're just a sinner, sinner, just a dirty, rotten sinner. Anybody heard that? I've had that preached to me. You know what you are? What am I? You're a dirty, rotten sinner. You're just a dirty, filthy, stinking, rotten worm. That's what you are. And then you know what happens? We begin to believe that. We begin to believe that. Our core belief systems are changed. You know, when somebody says, you know what? You're a son of God. You can, you can command these stones. You can command the wind. You can command the situation. You can have authority and dominion in the earth. And you're going, how can I do that? Because... I'm just a dirty, rotten, stinking worm. Worms don't do nothing. I just crawl around, just in the dirt. Every once in a while, I find some good stuff. Pretty good stuff there. But I'm just a dirty worm. That's outside of Christ. How many of you know my Bible tells me that when I'm in Christ, I'm no longer a dirty, rotten worm, amen? I'm a new creature. I'm a new species of being. In fact, all of a sudden, I've got to realize that I've got the adoption, the weosthesia of God, the adoption that says, Abba, Father. And I can come to him as Father, and I can say, Father, what it is that you want? And he can say, you're my son in whom I am well pleased. Come on, you're not the dirty, rotten worm in whom I am well pleased. But he says, you're my son in whom I am well pleased. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. You know what, you know what the son of a gun is, don't you? A pistol. Some of y'all got it. A son of a gun is a pistol. Never mind. So what about our thoughts of the kingdom? Number, number three. The third thing is that we've got to establish a kingdom of sons and not subjects. You're not just a subject. You're a son. Well, I want to be able to establish these things. I want us to understand how the kingdom operates and how you need to operate. 
And that he doesn't just want you to be a subject that does this or does that. But he wants you to know that you're a son. The fourth thing that I want us to establish right here is to establish that it's a commonwealth of citizens and not Christians. I, I, I began to start thinking about it and I found a scripture and I want to look it up for you. I want, I want us to look it up in here just a minute. Because there's a contrasting term. And we talked about Christians and we talked about where that came from and how that was labeled by pagans onto believers. And then God never really anywhere in the word of God tells us that you're a Christian. There's nowhere that Jesus says in red that you are to be called a Christian. But yet he does tell us that we are to be Ephesians chapter 2. Let me go there real quick. That we are citizens. Say, I'm a citizen. If, if we're going to operate in the kingdom of God, you're going to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 2. I think I can find it. Because I was like, God, yeah, this is good. I really, could, I really could start the whole thing, but you read it later. Ephesians chapter 2, write that down. It's an assignment, challenge. Read it. Read it by Wednesday. You can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's your assignment. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, that's your assignment. Hold them accountable. Chapter 2, verse 19 says, So then we are no longer strangers and aliens, but we are what? Fellow citizens with the saints of God's household. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a son. I'm a fellow citizen. And you know what the Bible also says? That you're an ambassador. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador. You might be a dirty, rotten, worm ambassador, but you're an ambassador. I know I've had people say, well, you're just a dirty, rotten sinner. I said, no, I'm a believer, but I do sin. There's a difference. I have Christ that operates within me. I've made a covenant with Almighty God. And there are times where I don't do what I'm supposed to do. There are times that I fall and I fail. But I got an advocate with the Father. <laughs> that it says when I do, that I can ask and I can repent, change my mind, turn my way of thinking, look at it differently, operate differently, ask for forgiveness, and I am cleansed. Somebody give the Lord Jesus a praise in this place. Amen? He is worthy. He is worthy. So we want to we want to establish a family of sons and not servants. God wants to establish a kingdom of sons and not subjects. Did you know that that God didn't didn't want you to rule over slaves, but he wanted you to have a family that shared in his rulership. He doesn't want just somebody that's going to be a yes man. He doesn't want somebody that's just going to say yes, 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 yes. But he wants a family that's going to share in his rulership. I want to share in his rulership. I don't know about you. And number four, to establish a commonwealth of citizens and not Christians. Because that term Christians can be religious. You know, Christianity is a religion. But how many of you know citizens, if you're a citizen in the kingdom of God, you become a legal people. You have the right to be here. And see, the enemy likes to operate on legal terms. And he'll have the legal right to be where he is. And we as sons and daughters of God can revoke his legal right and say, no longer, I've repented of that, you got to go. See ya. I have the legal right to be here. So when you look at the term of citizens, it's a, a legal term that we have a legal right. 
Kind of like John chapter 8. If you look at that, John chapter 8, write this down, verse 35. It says, a slave, or in some versions, a servant, does not remain in the house forever. But here's what it says. But a son remains forever. Say, I'm a son. I'm a son. You know, and if you're a daughter, say, I'm a daughter. It's the same thing. You're really a son, but, but you're a son and a daughter of God, and that's you. The fifth thing that I want us to look at today, I want us to realize and understand, is God's desire was to have a relationship and not a religion. God's desire from the very beginning was not a religion. His desire from the very beginning was about a relationship. Religion means to search. We talked about that. It means to search. How many of you know, I ain't searching no more. (laughs) I found what I'm looking for, amen? And it's a covenant with Almighty God through the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? So we begin to look at this and we begin to understand this, that God's desire from the very beginning, and it's still His desire now, is to have a relationship and not a religion. Once you've found Christ, you've received His Holy Spirit, guess what? you found Him. You have found Him. Religious people are looking for God, and the sons are the ones that have returned home to their father. I don't know about you, but once I was lost, but now I'm found. And I've returned home to my father. Now here's where it all begins. We're looking at, it begins with a kingdom attitude, a kingdom understanding. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Anybody know where we're going? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I want us to look at some things tonight, today. I want us to look at God's plan, God's purpose, God's intent. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over, which is dominion, say dominion, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps among the earth. That's God's plan. God, that's God's purpose. God wanted to rule the seen realm through the unseen realm. He wanted to rule the seen realm through the unseen realm. He operates in the unseen, which is the spirit within the man, on the sea, in the seen, which is your body, on the seen, which is the earth. So the unseen God operates to the unseen spirit inside you, in your body, on the earth. Unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Are you with me? Unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. That's how God operates. Are you seen? From the unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. In other words, from the invisible to the invisible to the visible, in the visible, on the visible. Invisible. To the invisible, (laughs) y'all getting your mind around this one? (laughs) The invisible, in the invisible, in the visible, which is the body, on the visible. The invisible to the invisible, and the visible and the visible. The visible, invisible, invisible, visible, visible. Say that three times. 
Come on. <laughs> You're like, I'm not touching that one. The unseen to the unseen. In the scene, which is your body. Your body's seen. Touch your neighbor. Say, you're there. I see you. Feel you. Got, you. got those senses going on. And you're on the scene. In the earth. Are you with me? So that's how God operates. So a lot of times people are like, oh, why don't God just come down and slap them? <laughs> hey, you've said it. You just don't want to admit it right here. But you know what? The truth will set you free. I've done that to myself. I was like, God, why don't you just take them out? Somebody's got to be hit by a bus today. Might as well be them. <laughs> Wrong. That wasn't operating the Spirit, was it? Huh? Not the Holy Spirit anyway. But we're real, right? We're real. And that's what happens is if we're going to be in this kingdom living, if we're going to understand this kingdom, we're going to have to understand where we are and how we operate. So we've got to look at this, and we've got to understand how God's plan is, and He wants to operate from the invisible in your invisible, on the visible, in the visible. He wants to operate from the unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the scene. You have authority in certain areas. You have authority in areas in your life. Each one of us sometimes have different authority in different areas. And how many of you know God wants to operate through the authority in which he's released to you? Amen? That's God's program. Didn't he say in Matthew chapter 6, and I think it's Luke chapter 11, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in heaven. The word kingdom, kingdom, king, konig is this word, and it means rulership. Dome is dominion, kingdom, dominion, rulership, rulership in the kingdom. It's very simple, very straightforward. This would be dominion. Say dominion. Let's look at this word dominion. I want you to write it down. I want you to have it. I want you to get this inside of you. Dominion means to govern. Write that down to govern. Say to govern. You've got to get a hold of this thing. We're going to take a minute. I'll go ahead and give them to you. It means to govern. It means to control. It means to rule. It means to manage. It means to master. And it means to lead. I'm going to leave it up there so you guys can write it down. This is, what is it called, a hinge pin? This is where everything operates off of. Just like a door opens and closes, if it didn't have any hinges, and the pin that goes in there, it wouldn't work properly. This is where everything operates from, okay? So dominion means to govern. It means to control. It means to rule. It means to manage, it means to master, and it means to lead. Now, let me find you in the Bible again. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, because this is you. This is you. And God said, let us make man, mankind, in our image, according to our likeness, and let them, there it is, Govern, control, rule, manage, master, and lead. <laughs> you see that? That's what, it, that's what it means. It means to govern, to control, to rule. This is mankind. This is you. He is talking about you right here. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Come on, tell him he's talking about you. You're, you're to govern. You're to control. You're to rule. 
You're to manage. You're to master. You're to lead. He says, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, and let them govern, control, rule, manage, master, to lead over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the sky and over cattle and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps among the earth. God wanted you to be a governor. That's what it says. You're to govern. That's what it says. Isn't that what dominion means? It means govern. You're to govern. Well, who am I govern? Uh, I know, first of all, you're governing yourself. Hello? I remember when I was a kid, we had a, um, a go-kart. Not real big on motorcycles. But my parents wouldn't let me have a motorcycle, but they let me have a go-kart. And we had a go-kart when I was younger. And how many of you know you can, you can kind of take off the governor and it goes faster? Well, my dad got a hold of that, put that governor back on there. Because he wanted us not to go so fast. We'd take it up around the high school track. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this because you really can't do this nowadays. Things have changed. We'd take it around the high school track and we would, you know, do laps and all this other stuff. And I remember kind of, you know, doing a donut and hitting the edge of the track and flipping it over and burning my leg on the exhaust pipe. Wasn't a whole lot of fun, but I was glad that my brother was there to pull the go-kart off after he made me say uncle three times. You know? <laughs> he didn't do that. It, it, he didn't do that. But we had to put a governor on that thing in order to control the speed on that go-kart because we would you just go as wide open as we could go wide open. NASCAR does this. NASCAR has governors on certain races because they don't want them. The, the, they're actually restrictors that go over the carburetor that are a certain size. So they can, the carburetor won't, won't exhume so much gas. So the cars are now reaching a well over 200 miles an hour. And they're like small airplanes. If you had a little wing on there, it probably would take off. But they, what they do is they try to control the speed so they govern it to a certain point where you can go wide open, have your pedal to the metal, and have everything rolling, and you might only be traveling 196 miles an hour. Woo! <laughs> 196 miles an hour, that's pretty fast. But this is what he says about you, that you're to govern. Say govern. govern. You're to rule. rule. You're to control. control. To manage. Okay. Master. Okay. Lead. See, that's why what's inside of us. Do you realize this is inside of us? This is going to make a lot of sense to you. This is what's inside of us. How many times do you realize and understand that, that when God creates something, He designs something inside of it for what He creates it to do? In other words, when God creates you to do a specific thing, He's going to design that thing inside you in order to do it. Like a bird. God created a bird to fly, right? So guess what he put inside the bird? Flight. He created a fish to swim, right? What did he put inside the fish? The ability to swim. So God has created you to govern. He's created you to control. He's created you to manage, to lead, to master, to rule. God has created you that way. And see, we don't realize what's inside of us. And we say it's rebellion. Because what happens is when you go to work and your boss says, I want you to go mop that floor and I want you to do it now. There is something on the inside of you that goes, hmm. Who do you think you are telling me what to do? It's okay, right? Right? 
You're going to know where this comes from now. It's inside you. There's something that God has created you to do is to govern, to control, to rule, to master, to manage, to lead. God has designed you that way because that's why you need to take dominion in every area in your life. So that's why when you're a kid and your mom says, sit down, and you say, I don't want to. She said, I'm going to whoop your honey. He said, sit down. I'm like, I don't want to. And all of a sudden she starts whooping that honey and you're sitting down, but inside you're going, I'm not sitting down, really? And you wait, as soon as you walk out of the room, I'm stand back up. There is something designed inside of you. God has made you inherently to govern, to rule, to control, to manage, come on, to master and to lead. God has a leadership gift inside each and every one of you. That's why when we say, hey, we want to do it this way, you got ideas of your own. You got things that you want to do of your own, ways that you want to do it of your own because there's something inside you that wants to do that. Amen? Did you know that that's the way God made you? That's the way he made you. He gave you dominion on the inside. I mean, we all know that his times where we're like, hey, uh, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. And you know, the boss man can tell you you do it your way or the highway, his way or the highway. See you later. Hit the road, Jack. Right? So we begin to look at this and we begin to understand about this dominion. How about you? You're created with these things. I made, I made some notes here. We're designed to rule and not be ruled. We're designed to govern and not be governed. We're designed to manage and not be managed. We're designed to control and not be controlled. We're designed to master and not be mastered. We're designed to lead and not be led. That's inside of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Every day, every day we oppose certain things. We oppose what we're told to do every single day. Your spouse might say, why don't you go fix me something to eat? And you're going to go, what's the matter with your leg? You got a problem? Refrigerator's right there. Stove's right there. Huh? She might say, why don't you take out the trash? And you're thinking, I'll do it when I get around to it. I'll get it out before the trash truck comes. Huh? It's something inside of us. There's something inside of us. And it's dominion. Say dominion. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Come on, let it rise. Say it again. Say it again. See, because you're supposed to govern. You're supposed to control. You're supposed to do those things. Leadership is inside of us. And I think about times where... We want to teach leadership. We want to gain knowledge leadership. But you know what? It has to be discovered within you. You are a leader just ready to break forth. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you ought to be honored to sit next to me if you knew who I really was. <laughs> hey, this is a shifting of a core belief. What we do is we come in and go, oh, I'm just a lowly little worm. What is that? What's, what's that little song? Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. <laughs> you gotta go eat worms. Fat ones, little ones, big ones, I don't know, brown ones, black ones. I think I'll get some germs or something like that, right? <laughs> well, we need to come in. And when you walk into your work, 
You are a son of God coming in. When you walk into your school, guess what? You're a son of the Most High God. And if somebody says, you know what? You're a Christian. You just tell them, I'm a son of God. I am a son of God. Or if you're a daughter, you know, I'm a daughter of God. All right? So if you're a woman and somebody says, well, aren't you a Christian? You know, I didn't think Christians did those things. It's like, you know what? I'm a son of God. I'm joint heirs with Jesus. I'm the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. I'm a citizen in the kingdom, and I'm an ambassador for God. So I'm going to step into this situation, into this area, into this atmosphere, and things are going to have to change. Guy, why? Because the Son of God just showed up. 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 The situation's got to change. You're to govern. You're to control. You're to rule. You're to manage. You're to master. See, a lot of us don't master nothing. We're the jack of everything, aren't we? We fix this, and I can fix that, but we never master anything. There is something. Birds, how many of you know master flight? Fish, how many of you know master swimming? There's some things in each and every one of you, and I can see gifts and talents and abilities in each and every one of you, and guess what? Now all of a sudden you're going to be released to go and master that. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. You're going to be released to go and master the dance. Amen. You're going to be released to go and master praise and worship. Amen. You're going to be released to go and master the sign business. You're going to be released to go and master the interior business. You're going to be released to go and master the oil business. Come on, somebody. You're going to be released, whatever it is, to go and master and govern and rule and have dominion over every area in your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Say, I'm a, I'm a master. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a master. Tell them, say, you sitting next to a governor. <laughs> you sitting next to a governor. <laughs> They're saying, I'm sitting next to a controlling person. That's who I'm sitting next to. <laughs> Watch out now. Genesis 1.26, that's what it is. It's for you. You know what? God told others of what was inside of them. Do you realize that he, had, he saw Abraham, and what did he say? You're the father of many nations. He saw Sarah and said, you know what? You're the mother of many nations. You're going to have many nations. He saw Joseph, and he, you know what? He, he told Joseph, he said that you, you're going to be a, a ruler, even though he was in prison. He saw Gideon, Gideon, he saw Gideon, and Gideon, he, he was like, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. That's what he told Gideon. He saw what was in them. He saw what was taking place within him. I mean, Jesus saw Peter, and he said, hey, you're Peter upon this rock. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God saw this potential, and he sees that potential within you. How many of you know that he realized that when, when he saw David, and he was just a boy, what did he call him? You're king. You're a king. Did he step in and he operate as a king right away? No. But it's inside of you. It's inside of you. God speaks to the potential of what's inside of you. God speaks to the potential of what's inside of you. Tell your neighbor, say, you ought to know what's inside of me. I'm a governor. Tell them, I'm a governor. I'm a ruler. I'm a controller. I'm a manager. I'm a master. And I'm a leader. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a leader. Just tell them, say, I'm a leader. Get ready, because I'm a leader. And that's what we want to do. I heard Joyce Meyer say, somebody's leading something. No matter what you're doing, somebody's leading something. You might be leading your dog out to the, you know, go to the potty or whatever, but you're leading something, something. You would have dominion. Again, to govern, to control, to rule, to manage, to master, to lead. That's you. We've got to shift our core belief system. 
We've got to shift our belief system to the point that we begin to say, wait a minute, I can have dominion over this situation. There's some things that are not going right in my life, but I am a governor, and I can govern over this situation. There's some things that are not going right in my family, but you know what? I'm a leader, and I'm going to lead my family out into the promised land. There's some issues that are not going right at my workplace, but guess what? Now you are a master, and you might be in the middle of doing a machine over and over and over and over again, and when you master it, you got it, and you can do it, and you can be the best at doing it, and when promotion comes, guess who they're going to look towards? Who are they going to look towards? Do you think they're going to look for somebody that just can only do it halfway? Or are they going to look at somebody who's a master of it? I mean, think about, think about doctors. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of specialized doctoring, isn't there? There's physicians that specialize in certain things. There's attorneys, lawyers that specialize in certain things. Years ago, it wasn't that way. You didn't have a real estate lawyer and a, and a, and a um, um, what's the, the tax lawyer or criminal lawyer or all these other lawyers. You just had a lawyer. <laughs> And he just kind of did it all, you know. And he may not have mastered anything. But now you got people that know the law in certain areas, in certain ways. They know it so much that when they master it, and that's you. You're a master. You're a leader. That's what's inside each and every one of us. And we've got to shift our belief system to when we operate in the kingdom of God, we realize that I can take dominion in this area. I can have dominion over it. It doesn't have dominion over me. I can rule over situations and circumstances. The situation and circumstances are not going to rule over me. See, it's something that I've had to shift. Even over the last few years, I've had to shift. I was like, wait a minute. I don't have any authority there. Well, no, God has given you authority in certain places, in certain realms, and you need to step up and use the authority that God has given you in those realms. You've got to take that dominion. You've got to take that rulership. But you know what it's got to start with? You. It's got to start with you. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I just cuss a lot and I just can't help it. You can take dominion. You can govern your mouth. You can control what you say. Come on, somebody. <laughs> look, don't be upset with me. Just look at the word. You can master it. You can manage it. But it wants to come out. Don't let it come out. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Ask God to cleanse it. Ask God to heal it. But you don't understand the situation that I'm in. No, no, you don't understand how big God is. And we got to go right back to Genesis. And we got to say, wait a minute. God has given us the authority. He's given it to you. He's given it to you, sister. He's given it to you, brother. Sister, you got the authority. You got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. Well, I'm going to stay. Uh, you know, things get so upset, and I don't know if I can stay here any longer. Well, why? Well, because you're not governing it. You're not controlling it. You're not mastering it. It's mastering you. Shelly did a wonderful teaching about mastering your emotions. Mastering your emotions. I'm a very emotional person. I, I weep at movies, some movies. And I laugh, and I... And I I love joy. 
But I don't let my emotions master me. I govern them. Control them. I rule them. I manage them. I master them. I lead my emotions. That's you. That's who you are. God has created you. Hey, let's look at God a minute. Do you think God has the authority to govern? Do you think he has the authority to control? Do you think he has the authority to rule? Do you think he has the authority to manage? Do you think he has the authority to master? Do you think God's mastered anything? <laughs> Do you think he has leadership abilities? But he said, I've made you in my image. I've made you in my likeness. I made you and created you in the image and the likeness of me. This is God. He's saying, I've created you in my image. And that image is for you to have dominion. I have given you dominion. Rulership. 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 That's why when my thoughts begin to start getting me, I take my thoughts captive. When my thoughts begin to start going to the left or to the right, I bring them captive and I make them obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4 and 5. Take your thoughts captive. Make them obedient to Christ. Take every thought captive. Every thought captive. Every thought captive. Can you do that? Absolutely. But you've got to make it obedient to Christ. You've got to govern it. You've got to rule it. Come on, somebody. You've got to master it. The thought that says, I can't do this. I can't achieve this. I can't get there. The thought that says, I can't get out of debt. You've got to grab that thing and say, wait a minute. You got to take dominion over your finances. They come to your hand. And then you do with it what you do with it. Are you going to rule over it? Or are you going to let them rule over you? We get to the point where we go on a missions trip. You know, when we're going to Africa next year. Are you going to be able to say, yeah, I want to go, but I can't. Because I owe, I owe, I owe. And off to work I go. Are you going to rule over your finances? Your finance is going to rule over you. Are you with me? Your thoughts, are your thoughts going to rule over you or are you going to rule over your thoughts? That is not a godly thought. Go. Got to go. See ya. Roll the window down. Thought, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Go. You can't stay. Right? That's what I'm talking about, dominion. And God says this is who you are. You're a governor, man. You're a ruler. You're a leader. Woo! I got to like that. What do you mean? I don't know, but something's getting ready to bust out. You could open up your deal and a big ass be on your chest. I don't know. Jump in your phone booth. Whatever it is, got to take. Go get your Batman car or something, whatever. Right? That's you. The Bible is talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. I can govern. I can control. I can rule. I can reign. I can manage. I can master. I can master these things. So when I see you and I say you're a woman of God, Good to see you, woman of God. Some of you are going, huh, I don't know, woman of God. You don't know what I'd have last me last night. I didn't act like no woman of God. I'm speaking to your potential that's there. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You're a son. You're a daughter. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what kingdom living is. That's what it's about. 
it's not as much about a physical thing, but is it about a place where you can operate from in the Word of God that says that you can have dominion, you can have rulership, and you can look at situations and circumstances, and no matter how they're going, you can say, wait a minute, I'm not going to let it change me. I'm not going to let just because what they do influence me. Just because they're going back to the world doesn't mean you go back to the world. Because you're going to take dominion. And you're going to operate in the way God wants you to operate. That's my prayer for you today. Will you receive that today? Will you see who you are? Will you look at the image of God that he has for you? What our assignment is? This is our assignment. I get so excited when I think about this thing. I'm thinking, God, is that really me? Is that really me? Can I really do that? Yes, yes. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. God wants you to operate in these principles in the Word of God. You stand to your feet just a moment.